hey guys it's your girl amber reaching your potential i'm so excited because we're about to enter february which is black history month i don't know why we got the shortest month of the year but you know it's also great to know that we need to celebrate all black people specifically as ot's black ot's not just ot students but black ot practitioners codas everyone so i really wanted to do kind of like a black history series and bring a few black OTs um, on the podcast. I'm very excited to interview a few and get to know them on a, just like a professional level, personal level, all that great stuff. Everybody has their own different interests and specialties and you're gonna hear all in the month of February. So let's get into it. Jessica Marcus, she is an OT, and I'm going to bring her on now. Say hey. Hey, everyone. <laughs> uh, I'm actually doing? an OT student right now. I am. Oh. I did graduate, though, in December, and I'm waiting to sit for my boards February 8th, so. Hey. But yeah, I am a student right now. So. Awesome. So she's actually an OT student, but you're about to be an OT, which is very exciting. Congrats that you graduated. Um, how do you feel about that? I feel good. I mean, with the whole COVID thing coming around, we were still able to get through and still make it. Um, so yeah, I feel accomplished in that sense, I guess. Yes. I love it. I love it. So um, Jessica, I just want you to just tell me, tell the audience about yourself, what school you went to, and how do you get into OT? Uh, yeah, so I went to uh, Washington University in St. Louis um, for cool. grad school. Yeah, and I got into OT. I actually wanted to do PT first, which is a very common you know, way <laughs> yeah, to go. Same. <laughs> same um, and then I interned for a little bit as a PT, and then I started seeing some co-trees with PT and OT. And I was like, but OT looks like so much more fun. Like <laughs> they're doing actual <laughs> activity, you know, they're right. playing, they're actually like getting the client involved in doing what they love. And I fell in love with it from there. So um, yeah, I'm like, OT is the way to go for me. <laughs> That's awesome. I was the same way. I was like, oh, I, want, I might want to do PT. And seeing the differences, as you said, we get to be more engaged and doing activities that they enjoyed are meaningful for them because sometimes their um clients don't want to do exercises right. you know right so I love how we just are able to be creative in a way they don't know that they're doing exercises through mm -hmm. the activities but it's an awesome field for sure absolutely I know you told me a little bit about some research that you were doing can you tell me a little bit more about that yeah. So um, at WashU, when I was going at the time, every student had a lab they were a part of. And within that lab, mm -hmm. you had your own research project, whether it was a new research project or kind of piggybacking on those who were already there. Um, so my lab was Stroke Clinic. Miss Duwana, if you listen to this, oh. you know, she's <laughs> one that got me involved in it. <laughs> Love Miss Duwana. So Stroke Clinic was a pro bono student-ran OT clinic. And we provided services for people who had stroke in the community. 
And so my project was focused on sexuality and intimacy. So a lot of stroke clients, they had that kind of dilemma of when they, after the stroke, you know, they're a survivor, what do I do next? I want to be intimate. I want to, you know, have sexual activity with my partner or whoever it may be, but I don't know how to approach that. And so I was like, you know what? I want to do a project on how do we approach that? As students, we have opportunity to educate our clients on, you know, positioning or appearance or how to even have that talk with someone you love. And so right. the project started from there. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, that is so yeah. cool. That's awesome. So I know I did the, um, it was like a supposed to be toward geared towards the stroke clinic and it kind of bloomed from there into more of a group protocol, like a six week group mm-hmm. group protocol that can be used with clients with stroke. Nice. Wow. I know like in my school during my grad year, we kind of had a similar program um, where we were able to interact with clients with strokes too. So in the community. So it was, I think it was a uh, most of the patients that even lived in the system living facility or they lived in the community and came to that setter, that setting right. and we just treated them. And it was cool because we were all kind of like an interdisciplinary group. Mm-hmm. So there was one group of an OT, PT and a speech therapist and also a rec therapist too. So it was oh, like wow. all students working with one patient. Um, it was kind of interesting too to see all the different you know, scopes of practices working with one patient with a stroke. Yeah, that's dope. We definitely had only OTs and then maybe down the street, SLU had something for PTs, but to have them all together, that is awesome. That's a great way to go about it for the students and for the clients. Right, because it kind of gives you the idea of like, where is my scope or what makes me different based Mm -hmm. on the treatment sessions, you know? Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. Watching you know, be a part of something like that. That would be awesome. Putting that out there. Yeah, my school, I went to Ithaca College, but we didn't even have, um, like, we had the research part, but I really love just the the difference of just going deeper into that meaningful occupation of intimacy. Because Mm -hmm. to be honest, I don't feel comfortable (laughs) to talk to my patients about that at all. And I'm an I'm an OT, you know, like I have, I have a patient right now that has a stroke and I don't feel comfortable asking him, oh, so do you get intimate with your wife? Do you want to, you know, like, mm-hmm. so can you tell me a little bit more about how do we structure that conversation? Yeah, absolutely. So that's funny you said that because the research showed that it showed that the clients want healthcare professionals to talk about it, but the professionals was like, uh, I'm not comfortable yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> right. right. The sexuality, <laughs> intimacy is so taboo in our society. It's like in your bedroom and you leave it there, like that's it. And so right. the research is kind of showing um, there's several different models out there. And the main way is to put the control in the client's hands. And so say if for OTs, we have evals, you know, COPM, we all know those. And so okay. during the eval, you're asking things like, do you go out? Do you, do you date? Okay. How is dating going? Is that something you want to go more into detail about? And you kind of start from there, you know, and you allow them okay. to come to you. The main thing for OTs in general is have that door open for clients to where they know that they want to know more information about it. They can come to you for it. You know what I mean? So most of the times clients are not going to be like, you know what? I don't want to talk about sex. You know, they're not going to do that. (laughs) And so have the OT being open and saying, do you date? 
You know, are you intimate with anyone? Do you want to talk about that? Do you want to work on that? Okay. If not, that's fine. If you do, right. maybe later on down the line, just know that we're, I'm there for you. I'm there, you know, to work on that if you want to. And you can really right. leave it there and let them come to you when the time comes. Mm-hmm. That is so true because I honestly don't even think patients know that we can have that discussion. Exactly. You know, I feel like when they say, okay, when we give our, you know, our little spiel, what OT is, we mm-hmm. never mention oh, we can also help you in that area. You know, we all just say meaningful occupations like dressing and bathing, cooking, eating, but we never say intimacy. Right, right. So I've noticed that too. When I was working with mm-hmm. one of my field works, I was doing um, services for um, the loved one and the care partner. And so for the care mm-hmm. partner, my OT, you know, the elevator speech, it really was right. activities like stress management or being intimate or just being able to communicate, you know, with your loved one and kind of putting yeah. it in that context, just making it a normal conversation. You know, this is okay to talk about is really the biggest exactly. thing. So you've mentioned just now that you were um, having this discussion with the patient and their significant other. How did right, that right. discussion go? So it, it actually went good because we, we didn't use the terms of like sexuality and intimacy. You know, those kind of like those buzzwords, like, oh, uh, I'm good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's too private, right? So right. me and the care partner, we were talking and it was more of how do you communicate with your loved one? You know, he's asking you questions and you're kind of getting frustrated with the questions. What's the deeper meaning behind that question? Like he misses you, you know, he wants to spend time with you. He wants to open up to you. Do you have those conversations with him? And so she really just take a step back and like to see that he wants to be intimate with her. And intimacy, again, is that buzzword. Everyone's like, oh, you know, it's more like lovey-dovey type stuff. Not all the time, you know, you have intimacy across Mm -hmm. the board with everyone because it's just a level of vulnerability you have with someone, how comfortable you are with someone. And so her husband just wanted to be more comfortable with her to open up, you know, have those conversations. Mm -hmm. And so for her to take that step back and to really see that, I mean, it changed so much in their relationship and how they communicated and how they spent their days. Yeah. So just intimacy, you know, it's okay. We could talk about it. Yeah, for sure. And I love how you talked about even the idea of intimacy is not just like one, like when we think of the word intimacy, we just think of it one way. But Mm -hmm. it's so many different levels of that. As you said, being comfortable with your significant other through like, I just think of like the love languages, right? Like the physical touch and just like Mm -hmm. even words of affirmation, like just things that you know that your loved one is there for you. And how could you communicate that in the best way possible, even after, you know, something like having a stroke? Yeah. And one of the biggest things like the physical appearance, you know, just like being there for right. them, you know, your hair, it looks so good today. You know, I love the way your hair, I love the way your outfit, love it. You know, things like that, <laughs> just compliments or just those are levels of intimacy to be open and to yeah. tell someone how you feel about them. It goes far. It definitely goes far. It really does. Wow. I didn't even like think about, think of it this way. It's just so nice to, you know, have you here just to kind of give me that even this not just me but like the audience as well on kind of keeping our eyes open and our minds open on these are things that patients and their loved ones just people in their lives in general they these are this is meaningful for them 
you know? Right. So um, I know you're an OT student. Are you interested in working with the stroke population down the line when you become a registered and licensed OT? Um, I'm open to pretty much anything right now. <laughs> but I, what's so funny is that um, my heart is actually with pediatrics. Like I love, oh. love, love working with pediatrics, early intervention. I want to end up in schools eventually. Um, but I also, through field work, I learned that I love community mental health. And so working in those nonprofits and, you know, doing program development. And we actually had a, a program developed um, in my field work that talked about healthy relationships for clients with mm. IDD. And so it was so much fun to talk to wow. them about intimacy and sexuality on their level right. and you know what that meant for them. It's so awesome. So I feel like the sexuality and intimacy, I will take that into any population I go into mm-hmm. and go with it that way. If I end up in stroke again, I know. I'm familiar with it, so that's fine. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I'm willing to branch out. Definitely willing to branch out. That's awesome. So do you have any advice for any OT students that may be in the beginning of their OT journey? Maybe they're just starting grad school or maybe they're afraid to even ask these questions to their patients about intimacy I'm not just stroke patients, just mm-hmm. patients in general. How would you, you know, give them advice? So yeah, I would definitely say, I tell a lot of um, OT students who are just starting off in their first years, don't be a cookie mm-hmm. cutter therapist. We're not cookie cutter therapists. You have your own skills, Amber, have my own skills. OT listen to this, this, to this podcast, excuse me, have their own set of skills. Use that, you know, along with the evidence and along with the research you learn and be your own therapist. And so some therapists right. are more comfortable and with their clients building that rapport of being able to say things like sexuality and intimacy, you know, use those words. But if you're not, you know, keep it real uh, on the surface along with those like, do you date? Do you want to date? Do you want to go more into that? You know what I mean? Those everyday yeah. questions, mm-hmm. like it's not going to make a client kind of cringe or whatever <laughs> the first time you meet right. them. And it, but and everyone like, can ask that. I don't want to. <laughs> right. Like, I don't even know you. Why are you asking me that? Right. right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But everyone can ask, do you date? Are you in a, a relationship? Do you want to be in one? Okay. And we can kind of start from there. You can kind of read your client and see how interested they are in it. And if they're not, you know, revisit it later or just let it go either way. But the main thing is that we have to start talking about it. We have to start asking them these questions. And matter of fact, when you're starting OT school, we all do those, um, you know, one-on-one, we practice our, our evals and all that. Practice mm-hmm. with your other students, your fellow students, you know, your faculty members, bring it up during those simulations, you know, I'm asking about sexuality yeah. and see what happens, you know, and run with it. Cause if mm-hmm. we don't practice it, we're not going to do it when we actually are out there practicing real OT, you know? Yeah, that is so true because it's really practice makes perfect. If you starting early, you already comfortable of adding, you know, using that once you become an OT and working exactly. with your patients and even during field work too, you know, yeah. trying that out during field work and seeing how it goes. And, I love how you even mentioned knowing your patient because we, as OTs, we know every patient is different. Every mm-hmm. patient is unique. And the way that you talk to one patient is not going to be the same way you speak to another patient. Right, right. And using the right words for the mm-hmm. right patient will just either make or break the report. Yeah, so true. <laughs> Literally. So true. Reading that body language helps too. Like, you know, oh, knowing the yes. signs and stuff. Yeah. 
<laughs> gotta know your patients yes. for sure like I can think of a few patients I have right now that I speak to one way and if I spoke to my other patient like that it would just be a mess <laughs> right a whole mess <laughs> a whole mess oh my goodness but oh my goodness thank you so much Jessica for being here um just one more question I just have to ask is since it's Black History Month, um, what are you proud of be as being a Black OT? Not just like, because you're a new grad, because you graduated, so yay. Right. <laughs> but how do you feel about being a part of this profession? You know, just being a Black OT, knowing that we're not represented as much in, you know, in this profession. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel proud. For the most part, most times I do feel proud. I feel like um, Black OTs are definitely needed, you know, mm-hmm. in the community, especially to let the children know that, you know, we're here. The OT is a real thing and you can be Black and be an OT, you know, and kind of All break right. that stigma <laughs> of what an OT actually looks like. So I love the opportunity. I love being able to um, tell people about what OTs can do. And then being a Black woman, you know, and doing OT, I feel like a unicorn you know like we're just so rare and just magical and just right we're just awesome Black magic you know? everywhere all day exactly and so I love that I love being able to um be who I am and use my personal skills and even like my own experiences as a black woman and bringing that into the profession to not only help my clients but to also help educate some of my colleagues and some of the students I work with too you know let them know yeah. diversity is a real thing. You know, part of OT is should be spreading and being aware of diversity yeah. and how your clients may not look like you. That does not mean you cannot give them the best care, you know? So exactly. I, I love it. I love the opportunity of being a Black woman in OT. Right. Awesome. And have you so far, either through field works or even during research or, you know, just interacting with patients, have you ever come? across a patient that is black anytime i have actually i did acute care um for one of my first field work rotations and when this client mm-hmm. she i mean she did not want to interact at all with the ot and then she saw me come in and it was like oh good morning you know i'm getting ready to eat what are we having breakfast and i'm like yes sis we're going to eat today so it definitely changed yes. it changes the room you know when you see people yes. you know who you recognize and it's just like you feel more comfortable you know so i was yes. happy to be there and um i love going to see her every day while i was there for that week so it makes a difference yes. it really does make a difference i think i had probably my first my first interaction with a patient that was black was during my specialty field work and I was in Georgia. So mm. coming from New York to Georgia was first a whole nother story, but right. I had so many patients <laughs> that were black and it was just such a happy feeling. And as you said, you know, they just open up and they're just so happy to have mm. a therapist that looks like them that can relate to them. Yes, You know, um, I had this one patient, she was, little bit older but she was just so happy to see me just like every single day and she's like why there's no black therapist here (laughs) and I'm like I don't know I'm not sure we trying we trying (laughs) (laughs) like we are really trying to be here for you because it really makes it makes the relationship stronger it makes the rapport so much easier and it makes them 
want to get better. Right. You know? Right. So it's a big deal. I feel like they feel heard too. You know, I feel like in OT, if you're trying to treat somebody and they don't feel like their feelings or their own emotions are being heard, they're not going to want to keep coming back, you know? And so to see someone there who looks like you may understand more than another therapist, that goes far. It goes so much farther in their recovery. Yeah, it really does. And I remember um, my research that I did during grad school was kind of seeing the perspectives of OT students who represent diversity. And um, I was going over a lot of articles, just how patients feel when they have therapists that looks like them. Mm -hmm. And results just kept going that those patients are going to feel a higher sense of quality of life, a higher sense of, you know, increasing their strength and just doing better in therapy because their therapist looks like them. And it's right. it's just so much truth, you know, like I right. would feel so much comfortable going to a health professional that looks like me, that can relate to me versus another, you know, another professional that is of a different race. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. That's a whole like PSA right there that we need more oh, sure. <laughs> like health professionals <laughs> right now. Like, you know, if you're thinking yes. about it, go ahead and do it. You know, we need you out there. So. For real, we do need y'all. Like, if you l- listen to this episode, yeah. we need you. Do not give up. I know it's hard, right. it's challenging, but we need to make a difference in this world and help out our other people of color. Absolutely, sure. absolutely. But thank you so much again, Jessica, for being here. Um, just one last thing. Um, if you have like an Instagram. Um, Twitter, I don't know what you got, but like if you have any of that stuff, definitely drop it um, right now so we can follow you. Absolutely. Please follow me. I actually have two pages. Uh, One is my more personal OT journey type page and it's um, thick by underscore nature. That is a more personal one. And then I'm a power lifter also. So I have a powerlifting page. Right, I kind of do a little bit of everything out here. Yes, I love it. Yeah, my powerlifting page is queen sized with a D S I Z E D underscore fitness. So please follow me. I would love to communicate with you all. If you have any questions, please reach out about sexuality, intimacy, or the journey, or being black, whatever it may be. I am here for it, all of it. Yes, I love it. And I love how you're a powerlifter girl. Like, I I lift, too. So okay. I have a fitness page. So we got to link up and like, talk a little bit Absolutely. more. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure, because I love lifting. I just had um, my first book boot camp um, yesterday. Um, so we had, like, had a whole like full body workout, and it was like so much fun. So That is awesome. Gotta, yeah. yeah. So I got to talk to you a little one. bit more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Thanks again for being here. Guys, this is the first episode of the Black History Month series. I have my girl Jessica here talking about how she got into OT and even like her research on working with stroke patients and intimacy. Oh, it it was definitely a great conversation and I'm so glad that you're able to tell us all about it. So guys, keep tuned for the next episode. I'm going to have another person talking about their life in OT, talking about a different topic, but it's going to be great. So look forward to seeing that very soon. All right, guys, this is your girl Amber reaching your potential. Talk to you guys soon.